Um, as you know, if you've been here for the last few weeks, we've been journeying, well, last few weeks, it was before Christmas as well, wasn't it? We've been journeying through the book of Ephesians. We've got to chapter 5. Partway through chapter 5, we will be continuing up to Easter, and then we will have completed it. So I'd like to invite Miranda up to read from Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 20. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Miranda. I don't know whether anyone used to watch the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> not Probably not the first thing you expect someone to mention when they stand up in church. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I did watch some episodes, and I remember, I don't even know when it was on, 1990s? I don't know, think like that. I remember on one week they did a musical episode. It was one of the first shows to do something like that. Since then, there's been quite a few different shows who've done it, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the first show. It wasn't a musical, for those of you who don't know what it was. You might guess from the title what it was. Um, it had something to do with vampires and slayers. But anyway, we'll gloss over that. Um, but it was a normal show, but they did this musical version. And during this episode, what would happen was the characters would randomly break into song to reveal hidden truths about themselves and other things. And um, it was groundbreaking at the time, and it was very funny, and it was really good. And it was mentioned in a lot of things. And as I said, a lot of shows have tried to do it since. More recently, um, Grey's Anatomy, which I'm a fan of that as well, with varying success, not quite as good as that original episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But, you know, I've often wondered what it would be like if people did burst into song at vital moments. I don't know whether you ever wondered that. (laughs) Or do you ever think, oh, should we all just go through today singing? I sometimes think that as well. Someone said um, to me once, would you do my wedding? And I went, yes, we could do it in song. They didn't ask me. I don't know. But, you know, instead of just talking normally, someone could start singing at an important moment. Like, for instance, to confess a wrong, you know. I've just eaten the last chocolates. (laughs) It could be dramatic. Or to hand down a jail term. You have been sentenced to ten years. Oh, dear. These things could be drama, couldn't they? They could, you know, make life a little bit more exciting. It would be weird. 
and slightly off-putting at times, especially if you used a well-known song. I've just called to say... Anyway, it could become really annoying, I can see, or slightly strange, especially when you're trying to get things done and someone randomly bursts into song and you're like, oh, for goodness sakes, I was just trying to do the tea. And I can imagine it's not the best way to live life. Funny for a while, but then irritating. And yet here, though, in the middle of chapter 5, in the letter to the Ephesians, having talked in detail about how these young Christians should live, Paul seems to be encouraging them to do this very thing. Burst into song. Sing at every opportunity. It says in verses 18 and 19, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Or if you like, sing, says Paul. Sing all the time. Not that there's anything wrong with singing, per se. It might even lift the soul, and it might make you happy. It might improve your outlook on life. But to do it all the time, and at every opportunity... To each other, can you imagine? As we've just said, it might get a little over the top. And yet this seems to be what Paul is calling Christians to do. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit and sing. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And by singing in this context, Paul isn't just meaning when the Christians got together in a service during a formal type of time of worship, if you like, when hopefully everyone sings the same thing at the same time. He's meaning at other times as well, when they were together, but also when they were apart, when they were out doing everyday things, as well as when they met for specific reasons. He's saying, sing. At random moments, sing your heart out to the Lord. Now, before you all begin to get concerned about where this might be leading, we probably need to look a little bit at the context. At the context for these comments. Why is he asking people to sing all the time, to use psalms to speak to each other? Because, of course, this letter was written in the ancient world. It wasn't written in our context or our culture. It was written in a very different culture, probably about 30 years after Jesus died and was resurrected. At a time when churches were first gathering, when they were first growing, when they were first developing in an ever-changing world. And interestingly, the ancient world was also a time when singing was quite prevalent Not only among Christians, but among the peoples of the time as well. People used to sing a lot, especially during acts of worship. In pagan worship, in Jewish worship, and also, as Paul's saying here, in Christian worship. So it wasn't unusual for people to sing. They sang quite a lot. And the type of songs that would be sung for these early Christians were songs based very much on the Psalms especially the psalms that were written to express love and devotion and dedication, very much mirroring what the Jews had sung years before when they looked towards the coming Messiah, except that now the Christians were singing them looking back at the Messiah who had arrived. And the reason that they sang these psalms, as well as hymns that were based on Jewish poems, was not only to worship God, but also to proclaim the story of Jesus, 
as well as to encourage each other in their faith and the truth that they read in Scripture. Because the Psalms, above all else, held a treasure trove of truths that were written in all circumstances. Psalm 95, for instance, encourages worship by saying this, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is great, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. It's a psalm full of words to encourage the young Christians in Ephesus and the surrounding area to remember the greatness of God and to worship him. But of course there are also psalms that called not only for worship but for remembrance. Psalm 105 says, Remember the wonders God has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. Remember, it says, remember the Lord as he remembers you. Remember his greatness. Remember his faithfulness. Remember his ways, his truth, his life, as well as the promise of Jesus and his sacrifice, which again can be found in the Psalms. Psalm 22 famously begins with the words of Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And ends with words of praise for what he will do. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. So it's no surprise, really, that Paul, when talking about living lives worthy of God, or if you like, when talking to the Ephesians about how they might keep living as Christians in a changed world and a different environment, urges them to sing. Not to change the mood and make things happy and make sure life is all la di and wonderful, and not because he had a brilliant idea for a Christian musical, although I think that might have worked, but rather because... In the act of reciting the truths of scripture, in the act of singing the truth of God, wherever they might be, these Christians were reminding themselves that actually they were living a different story to everyone else around. And it wasn't good enough to just make a commitment to God and then, well, see how life worked out, meeting together, listening to each other, and then just letting life happen. What they needed to do, Paul says, was to continue their walk with God, to be able to think things through, to be able to work things out, to be able to take the opportunities they were given. Or if you like, what they needed to do to continue to deepen their relationship with God, to grow as his children and walk in his ways, was to live their life to a different soundtrack. Not the one that was played every day in the society in which they lived, but the one that carried the truths of God, the one from the Psalms and the scriptures, the one they sang in their hearts that reminded them of who they were. I don't know whether any of you have been watching the Winter Olympics recently. 
I've been a little bit addicted. It's very addicting when you can get things on your computer when you're trying to work and the curling's on. <laughs> and you're like, oh, just one more stone. Oh, well, that was an exciting one. But someone who, again, caught my attention, as they did four years ago, was Elise Christie. Oh, take a big breath. You might remember her like this. A lot of people do. Sliding across the ice, about to crash into the mats. But she actually looks like this, um, which is a little bit better than about to crash. She, um, she's a speed skater, for those who haven't been watching the Olympics, don't know who she is. And she does the 500 metres, 1,000 metres and the 1,500 metres. She's a triple world champion and the world record holder at the 500 metres. Four years ago in Sochi, she had three chances for a medal and she was disqualified three times. And we were all gutted. She got death threats on email and her life seemed to be in tatters. But she vowed to come back. Then she won the world championships. She became even more well-known. And four years later, at these Winter Olympics, this was her chance for redemption. Well, you probably know the story. She was fourth in the 500 metres. Not bad, but we were expecting a bit more, weren't we, let's face it. And then the 1,500 metres. Oh, she fell. I mean, she fell in the 500, but she came fourth. Don't get me wrong. There was still falling involved, but she came fourth. She fell in the 1,500 metres and was injured. More trauma. But don't worry. She was able to come back, rehab and all that. Started the 1,000 metres. I couldn't quite believe this. She started it and hit someone else's skate and tripped and fell. And we were all like, oh, no, but it's all right, because they started the race again, so she was able to start again. But she was clearly injured, but she managed, what courage, to catch up and to qualify. Oh, the relief. Then there was an inquest, and she was disqualified again. And, you know, you just thought, this is trauma, I mean, clearly, in the grand scheme of the world and all the tragedies that happen, it's not that big a trauma. But for her, her dream of winning an Olympic medal, she wasn't even saying she wanted to win gold. She wanted to get an Olympic medal. Four years ago, she was disqualified three times. This year, she didn't finish and was disqualified at the end. From the outside, it looks like a complete disaster. A traumatic sequence of events that could see Elise Christie never race for gold at the Olympics again. If I was her, I would have given up a long time ago, which is probably why I'm not an Olympic athlete. But Elise Christie is vowing to come back in Beijing 2022 and try for gold. The words she used when interviewed were, I won't define myself on what has happened to me. Because, you see, despite all that has happened, it seems that Elise Christie has a different soundtrack to which she is living her life. Not one of failure or the fact that fate's against her and, oh, it's all so terrible, but one that says, despite all that has happened, I can still do this and I'm going to try again. And so she keeps going on the path that she has chosen. And as someone said, 
They're going to write a film about her, and hopefully it will end with gold in four years' time. But she will keep going. And you know, a bit like this, and like Paul is urging the Christians in Ephesus, it is important that we too live our lives by a different soundtrack. Not one that is so readily played around us, that tells us that life is getting worse and that things are against us, that tells us we should just do what we like because nothing really makes a difference. But rather a soundtrack that reminds us of who we are. One that comes from the Bible and the Spirit of God. One that reminds us of the promises of God, of the love of Jesus, of the hope that is to come. Because it's really not good enough to simply make a commitment to God and then just hope that life works out okay. Letting everyone else carry us along without really trying to work out these changes for ourselves. This, says Paul in this passage, is just foolishness. Instead, we are to be wise. We are to make the most of every opportunity. We are to understand what the Lord's will is if we are to really live differently. Do not get drunk on wine, says Paul, not because it is evil or necessarily really wrong or terrible, but because you can be filled with the Spirit of God instead. The Holy Spirit that plays a different tune in your hearts and enables us to have God's perspective on life. The great man Billy Graham died last week, aged 99 years old. There's a famous quote going over the internet. In fact, there were so many famous quotes from Billy Graham going around the internet this week. But one that I was reading says this, My home is in heaven. I'm just travelling through this world. Now, for some, this might seem a very odd thing to say when life is so precious. I'm just travelling through to somewhere else. But to me, it simply shows that Billy Graham, whether he sang out loud or in his heart or not at all, was living his life to a different soundtrack. The soundtrack that God had showed him years ago that put things in perspective. And one that he continued to believe throughout his life, through reading the Bible, through living his life by the Spirit of God. And that's not to say that life was always easy. I'm sure for Billy Graham there were really some quite terrible times and it could, life was probably dull and you know, not very exciting at times as well. But it is to say that in all circumstances that he continued to believe the one who had created him rather than those who stood around him, whatever they might say. And this is what Paul is urging us to do here in this passage, not necessarily to sing all the time, although some of us might want to do that, and that's fine, but rather to continue to remind ourselves and each other of who we are in an ever-changing world and who God is. And we can do this by coming back to his word, by rereading his promises, by singing of his goodness when we're together and when we're on our own. Until as children of God, whatever happens to our lives, we can believe a different story all the time. We can sing a different tune. We can live to a different soundtrack. We're not drawn into the negative beliefs that pervade our culture and saturate our world. And we're not necessarily defined by what has happened to us either. But rather we continue to believe the one who created us, the spirit of God who lives within us. 
and we seek to live out his truths, his hope, his love, his life, until one day that soundtrack becomes the only soundtrack that we know because our lives are truly transformed. Let's take a moment to think about what we've heard this morning and just sit quietly before God.